Good morning. Welcome to Kavanaugh. We're glad you're here. Will you stand with us? Those of you in the lobby, make your way on in. We're getting started. <laughs> here we go. From the day you saved my soul. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? 
Good, good. It's so good to see everybody. I'm so thankful for Jesus and salvation. And to live in the moment, to know that timeless truth that he is right now alive, and he's all still about the soul-saving business. I'm all about that. And I just know that he is moving here today amongst us. He was here with us during first service back in our kids' area. And I know he's got something special in store for us right now. I hope you're ready. Are you ready? I know you're tired. Christmas takes kind of a toll on everybody. I can see it in your faces right now. 2023 is almost over. Can you believe that? Man, but man, today is a new day, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity that we have to be here in the Lord's house right now to be able to worship and grow with one another. If you're a first-time guest here at our church, thank you so much for being with us. We love our church and everything that goes on here, and we want you to know about it. So in the chair back in front of you, there's a little connect card. If you could fill that out, and then right after service, take it out back Take it out these back doors. There's a little connect counter there, and we have a little gift for you, be able to share with you how you and your family could plug in, all right? It's so good to see you guys. We've been praying for you all week. I'm going to invite you right now to stand. We're going to ask God's anointing and blessings on our service today. Great to see you guys. Let's pray with one another. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for bringing us back into this place, our church here at Kavanaugh. God, we're so thankful for what you've blessed us with here, God, and our, our, our church family and the ministries that we got going on. Lord, I just pray for uh, our services in here and back in our kids' area, God. I pray that your spirit just moves as it will, God, impact our hearts and touch our lives and help us to be the people that you want us to be, God. And again, we're so thankful for our pastor and the time that you've had with him. I pray that you just touch his, his, his mouth today as he preaches the gospel. Help and just speak clearly and boldly. I love you in your name. Amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get started in a few moments.
You know, we're about to wrap up 2023. And I don't know about you guys, but some for me, part of the year has been rough. It's been hard. Um, there's been some highlights. There's been some lowlights. Uh, we all go through things, uh, physical, financial, um, emotional, a lot of mental um, things happening with me where we're at work and just, you know, trying to take care of caregivers. And it's, it's a lot. Um, and I'm always so thankful for the year, but I'm also thankful that we can look ahead. Um, and you, know, you, I do a rewind, a year in review, you know, what did I do right? What could I do better? What went well? What didn't go so well? And in this song, uh, Spirit of the Living God, there's a, a verse that says, or a phrase that says, um, when you come into the room, you, you change everything. You change what we see, you change what we seek. And that's, that's to me this morning. May God work in me and change me so that I can see others the way he sees them, so that I can love them the way he loves them, um, so that I can start new and I can start fresh and I can change in me what needs to be changed and I think when that happens it's going to create this really positive cycle it's going to change what I see and then it's going to change what I seek and if we all had that momentum we are we're born we're created to seek God we we want more of God. And I, that's, that's for me. And I don't know if I'm expressing it well enough this morning. But may God come into this room, change what I see, and change what I seek, so that what I seek is more of Him. And I'm more aware of Him. I'm more aware of the Spirit of the living God that is with me all the time.
you to change us, not change what's happening around us, but change us from within. 
Help us to see things that you want us to see. Help us to seek those things that are good, that are pure, that are lovely, and that are beautiful and that are only helpful to those that we come in contact with. And I pray, God, that today, that if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their, as your, as their personal Savior, God, that today is the day that they would seek you out because, God, you're calling us. You're pulling us to you. You want us to give, you want to give us that gift of amazing grace. And I pray, God, today that whoever is here today that doesn't know you would come and accept you and accept this free gift. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the mission and the purpose that we have, God. And I know that we're going to do more in 2024. And I pray a special blessing upon Brother Will as he brings the message this morning and all of the other activities that are going on in our church. I pray, God, just a special blessing. And once again, if there's somebody here, I just feel, God, that there's somebody here that is wanting a change, that is seeking a change, and they're seeking you. And I pray, God, that they would come to you. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Thank you, praise team. That was great, wasn't it? Always is good. Thank, thank you for. I just, I just pray every day that Don could get a little more excited when she sings about her Lord. So, God bless you, sister. Love you. It's a great day, isn't it, man? One, two, three. One, two, three. It really is. It's what it is. One, two, three. One, two, three. Today and today only. A lot of people are getting married today, so they won't forget the day, 12, 31, 23, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. Glad that all of you are here. Some of you still don't get that, but that's okay. We'll explain it later. Glad all of you are here. So glad that my sister and brother-in-law are here all the way from Stanton, Texas, Sharita and Tommy Hayslip. Give them a big hand. Excited that they are in the house. Well, we, we made the statement in the first service that we are at the end of 2023 and somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody in this section right here, first service, yelled out, praise the Lord. So apparently 23 hasn't been a good year for them and they're glad that it's ending, right? And it ends today. So on this last day of 2023, I want us to look at a amazing passage of scripture that is found in 2 Timothy chapter four. What, what we have before us this morning are probably the last words of Scripture written by the Apostle Paul. He was incarcerated in a Roman prison, living in terrible conditions. The time of his execution was near. He somehow managed, however, to dictate this letter to his friend and son in the faith, Timothy, who was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Paul writes to exhort Timothy to stay strong in his walk with the Lord and fulfill the assignment that God had placed in Timothy's life to preach the Word of God. He challenged the church to do the same, and Paul uses his own life and ministry as an example to Timothy and really to each one of us who are in this room 
to finish strong. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Not, not only do we need to start strong and stay strong, brothers and sisters, we, we need to finish strong as well. And that is our passage from 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me begin reading in verse number 6. Paul said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray that this morning you would speak it into our hearts. In fact, Lord, as I try to speak on the outside, would you speak directly in our hearts and lives, changing us and making us into the people you want us to be? We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As I read this passage this week, it occurred to me that we should finish the year with the same determination that Paul had as he finished his life. We might well use this as a way to evaluate our lives as we come to the end of 2023. Don made the statement at the end of every year she evaluates her life. What'd she do right? What'd she do wrong? What could she do better? I think we all need to do that in some regard. And Paul gives us an excellent analysis of questions that we should be asking ourselves at the end of our life, but also at the end of this year. Example, have I been fighting the good fight? Have I been running the race that God has called me to run? And have I kept the faith this past year? In fact, we can use this at the end of a life, at the end of a year, at the end of a week, and at the end of a day. And as we end the year of 2023 and the beginning of 2024, Let's be challenged from Scripture about finishing strong. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this sermon into a letter and send it to the Dallas Cowboys because they almost blew it last night, and they haven't been finishing strong. But you know what? We need to finish strong. Amen? Come on, people. Help me out here. Amen? So let's finish strong this morning and today. There's one sobering reality that we read in verse number six. Here's what Paul said, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. It, it's as if Paul was saying, Timothy, I want you to be faithful, faithful to do what God has called you to do. I have been your mentor and I have been your friend. I have taught you by word and by example, and now I am about to depart. I'm about to leave this earth. I'm about to die, but I want you to be strong and carry on God's work. And as Paul looks soberly at what he knows is ahead for himself, he uses two very powerful images that we need to hear today. First, he said, I am being poured out like a drink offering. The picture he paints with these words is the picture of the drink offering that was poured out as a sacrifice to the Lord. The liquid offering was placed in a cup and it was poured out on the altar of sacrifice before the Lord. And that's the way Paul saw his life going. He said, I am being poured out. 
I am being emptied like a cup before the Lord. What a way to look at your life, that you're pouring your life out for the Lord and before the Lord to be a living sacrifice for God. Can I tell you, that's not the way most of us think about our life or live our life. Most of us are trying to store stuff up for ourselves. We spend our life gathering things and storing up things and hoarding things, don't we? How many of you are in charge at Christmas time to get all the decorations out of the, the attic? How many of y'all do the attic thing? Well, not very many of you. Y'all don't have decorated houses then, do you? Look at, look at my hand. I'm not the one who does that. My wife does it. Y'all give her a big hand because, man, she, she struggles and works and gets everything down. And about the time she's finished, I'll go out in the garage and say, babe, can I help you? <laughs> it, it's one thing getting things down, but it's, it's another thing putting things up because you always, it seems like you always have more to go back up there. And, and if I've heard it one time since we've lived on Cary Lane, I've heard this 26 times. My wife's saying, we're going to clean this attic out. We, we have things accumulated up there for 40 years. We need to clean the attic out. Something different this year about her tone when she said, we're doing it this year. You know what? I'm glad for the next word. She says, I'm calling Whitney over here. And having her get up there with you, because here's the deal, most of the stuff up there belongs to Whitney, all right? But they're going to they're clean it out. And, and, and then you've got all the things to pack up, and you, you, the boxes have fallen apart, so you need new boxes. Why use boxes when you can use the plastic tubs, right, Jason? Yeah. And so that's what we did this year. I, I, went, I made a run to Sam's to buy some of those big black plastic tubs with the yellow lids on top. You know, they're huge. And so I, I'm, I'm pulling into Sam's. Angie's going to stay in the truck. I get out. The very first person I see pushing a cart back to their vehicle is a guy who's got one of those tubs. So I know they've got them in stock. The next person I see, they have five tubs in their cart. The next person I see has about a dozen of them. Three people in a row, all of them are carting these, these tubs out. And so I stopped this last guy and I said, are there any tubs left in the store? And he laughed and said, yeah, there sure are. And so I went in, I bought five of the tubs, I bought the lids, and then I bought a big old red bottle of Tylenol. <laughs> and some work gloves that I've been wanting to get. I, I bring them out, I put them, I put them in the back of my truck. There's a guy that's loading up his stuff right next to my truck. We start talking because I have these, I have these drawers in my truck that I can pull out and put things in. Those tubs wouldn't fit in there, so I just put them in the back. He asked me how I liked it. We got to talking, and I just left the tubs with the lids and my stuff inside the top tub. Totally forgot about it. Didn't tie it down. Cardinal sin right there, Jason. We went on to eat a Whataburger. Anybody like what? I'm just telling you my personal life right now, aren't I? Did a couple other things, and, and I'm driving back home, and I totally forget I've got these tubs with my Tylenol and my work gloves in the top tub with the lids. I forget they're back there. If I would have remembered, I would have driven a different route home. But I forgot, so guess what? I got on 540. 
And about the time we went over the overpass of Highway 71, I looked in my rearview mirror, and there are things flying out the back of my truck. All the lids, half the tubs, and I'm getting this really sick feeling in my stomach. It's my, it's my dad, my dad's feeling of all the money I just lost. Angie says, you turn that truck around, we're going to go back and look for all that stuff. I've got to have those tubs and I've got to have the lids. Well, we did turn around, never found the lids that night. It was very dark. was on the interstate. I found, I saw one tub. Scott, one tub. It was, it was on the interstate, on the inside lane up next to the concrete barrier. I'm pulled off to the side. Angie gets out of the truck like she's going to go over there and get it. And I said, baby, you stay right here. Your man's going to go get that. <laughs> and here I run across the interstate. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in black. I'm telling you all more than I told the first service, right? I'm in, I'm in my black sweatpants. I've got a black jacket on and a black beanie on. You couldn't see me if you tried to see me. And I ran across there, and here come all the cars, and I have to stand there in the media in the 540, and I'm thinking to myself, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I grab that tub and I run back across to the truck, and guess what? Praise God, it is the tub that has my Tylenol and my gloves in it. <laughs> that, that's the only thing that, that we kept right there. That, that was it that we found. You know what? We hoard things, we store things, we keep things until our attics are full and our lives are empty. And Paul says, no, don't live that way. You live your life as if you're pouring out your life before the Lord. You don't hoard things up and pull things in. You pour things out. And that's the way he described his life. He is a drink offering being poured out before the Lord. The, the second thing he said is this. The time of my departure is at hand. When Paul speaks of his departure, he's also painting a very powerful picture. That word departure was used in different ways in the language of Paul's culture. The word was used of a ship that is pulling up anchor and leaving one port going to another port. Paul was about to pull up his anchor in this world and set sail for heaven. The, the word was also used in military circles to describe an army taking down their tents. They would pull up the tent pegs and move to a different location. The word was also used for the release of a prisoner or the unyoking of an ox. And all of these images show us that for the child of God, death is not something we need to be afraid of. You don't have to fear death. Why? Because for the believer, death is the best thing we can experience. Death sets us free from the burdens of this world to live eternally in the presence of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But you know what? Right up to our last minute, our lives are to be lived as those who are being poured out as a drink offering and ready to pull up our anchor in this life and sail to heaven's shore. So from the perspective of his present situation, Paul looks back on his life of walking with and serving the Lord from the day he was saved. 
And this is the way he analyzed his life. I am like a drink offering, and the time that I pull up anchor and head for heaven is at hand. But I want you to look at verse 7, the next verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. As Paul scans his life, he sums up in three vivid phrases using three images that would have been familiar to those who lived in his day. The image of a Greek wrestler, of a Greek runner, and of a Roman soldier. First, he uses that image of a Greek wrestler. He said, I have fought the good fight. That word fight is the word in which we get our English word agony from. It it pictures the struggle of one engaged in an athletic game, like a boxer or like a wrestler. They're on the mat and they're battling, they're struggling, they're in agony, they're working to win. And it's also called the good fight. It, It describes the worthiness and the beauty of the struggle in which we are engaged in. It is a good fight. Paul said, I can walk out of the arena, I can get up off the wrestling mat knowing that I have left everything on the mat. I have held nothing back in the struggle. I've left it all on the field. Mm, That's a pretty good feeling when you've given it your all. And so like that wrestler, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I know that I've given it 110%. Then he uses the analysis of a Greek runner. He says, I have finished the race. So here's another picture from the world of ancient athletics. It's the picture of that track on which the runner runs the race. And Paul says, like the Greek runner, I have run the race properly. I have crossed the finish line, and now I am resting in the victory that I've won. And and tell you something, church, the, the life of a Christ follower is a race to be ran with perseverance to the very end. What we're running is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Now, it's important how we get out of the blocks. We we need to get out of the blocks. We need to have a good start, and we need to stay strong when we're running, but it's really about finishing well. We all must finish strong. And then he uses this third image, that of a Roman soldier. He says, I have kept the faith. The faith that he is talking about is like a treasure. He says, I have kept this treasure that has been entrusted to me. And like a faithful soldier, Paul understood the value of the treasure, and so he guarded this treasure with his life. So what is he guarding? He's guarding the faith, his relationship with Jesus, his life with Jesus. It was the most important thing in his life. So Paul looks back on all that he has completed in his life, and it's intended to provoke Timothy and us to the same faithfulness, so that we can say at the end of 2023, I have fought a good fight, I have ran my race, I have treasured and kept the faith. That also we might ask ourselves three challenging questions. And these three questions are right there in verse number seven. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. First question we should ask ourselves today is this. 
Am I engaged in a worthy struggle? In other words, am I fighting the good fight that Paul talked about? And so here we have this picture of the struggle all believers face in the battle against sin and the battle we face against the flesh and the battle we face every day against the devil. I think many of us go go through life ignorant of this fact. We don't realize that, you know what, life, life is a battle. Life is a struggle. We're, every day we wake, wake up and we're fighting a fight. It is a real fight. It, it, it might not be against a physical enemy, but Paul tells us we, we are fighting every day and the, there are spiritual enemies in, in the atmosphere, in the sky, and we're fighting against the devil and the forces of evil every single day. And sometimes we don't realize this, and so we get burdened down with the struggles of life, and we become discouraged because we feel the force of sin. We feel the impact of the devil and of the flesh, and we think there is something wrong with us. But, but no, my friend, understand that the Christian life is a struggle. And you don't expect me to say stuff like that, do you? We want to to be told that when we give our life to Jesus, everything is going to be fantastic, hunky-dory. We're never going to have another bad day. Life is going to be a downhill slide with the wind at our back that we'll never face problems or struggles anymore. But God never tells us that. This world is a struggle. And you're going to struggle and you're going to have to fight. The the real question is, what side are you fighting from? And whose side are you on? Never forget that life is a battle. God never intended life to be easy for us. So the real question we need to ask ourselves today is, am I engaged in a worthy struggle? Am I fighting the good fight of faith? Or am I just caving in to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? Second question we should ask ourselves today is, am I staying on course? In other words, am I running the race? I think it's easy for us to sometimes forget God has a race for us to run and a course for us to follow. I'm really amazed and so many believers who never consider that God has a will for their life. So somehow we've been convinced to believe that the only person who hears from God and has a will for God from their, for their life is a preacher or a missionary or somebody involved in ministry. That is a bogus lie. If you are a believer, God has a will for your life. He wants you to find it, follow it, and finish it. He has a race for you to run, and he expects you to pursue him daily. And you know what? Your course, your racetrack is different from my course and my racetrack. We must all run the race that has been marked out for us. That's what the writer of the book of Hebrews had in mind when he wrote Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that has been set out before us. A couple of things about that verse. He said, let us throw off 
everything that hinders. That means let us throw off or take off those things that are slowing us down. It's like you going out and, and, and running a race, a 100-yard race, 100-yard dash with a backpack on your back that is filled with whatever, books or weight plates. Now, that might be a good way for you to train, but you don't want to run the race with stuff on your back. If you're running a race to win the race, you want to throw all that stuff off. You don't want to be encumbered by that weight. I got to change it up, Jason. I kind of, kind of got in trouble for picking on Nathan in the first service. So let me flip this around. Let's say I brought Nathan up here on the stage. Now, y'all know that in high school, Nathan was a track star. He had long hair and he could run fast. And all the girls said, ooh, there's, there's Nathan. And so Nathan's up here on the stage and, and, and I draw a line right here, right in the middle. Here's our, here's our line right here, right there. And I have a stopwatch and I say, Mark, set, go. And Nathan takes off, runs down those steps all the way around the building comes back up these steps and runs across the finish line and we time him and he's blazing fast blazing fast wow and then I say brother Jason come on up here on the stage so brother Jason comes up on the stage and I said Jason jump on Nathan's back <laughs> you, you told me what you 130 huh 138, 138, 138, Karen, you're going to tell us? 210. 138, Karen, 210 pounds of pure muscle. And y'all know muscle weighs more than fat, right? So he's, he's carrying 210 pounds, and I say, Mark, set, go. And Stacy, it's not nearly as fast. It's not nearly as fast this time around. You know what? That's what we do every single day when we get up. We, we carry things around that we don't need to be carrying around. So let me ask you point blank. What are you carrying around in life that is slowing you down in your race that God has marked off for you to run? Whatever it is, you need to throw it off. In fact, I, I would encourage you to come to the altar this morning and throw that thing off and lay it at the altar and ask God to set you free from it. And, and that's the second thing that he says in Hebrews 12, 1. And the sin that so easily entangles us. Help me to throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. That means the things that trip us up. It, it's like running a race in rain boots. Now, if you're shoveling snow, rain boots are pretty good. Or if you're hiking in the woods or hunting or splashing around in the water. But if you're running a race in rain boots, you know what? Sooner or later, you're going to fall flat on your face because you can't run in rain boots. The question for us this morning, what are the sins, our little pet sins, that we keep in our life and in our closet that continually trap us and trip us up. Whatever those sins are, we need to throw them off. And how do you do that? How do you throw off those heavy weights that we're carrying around? How do we throw off those sins that so easily entangle us? 
Well, verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How do we do it? We keep our eyes on Jesus. We throw off those things. We put them on the altar and ask God to set us free. Well, there's another question that we need to ask ourselves in light of these verses. The third question is, am I treasuring the faith? That is, am I keeping the faith? The life that we have in Christ is like a treasure that we guard. Why? Because it's precious to us. Our trust relationship with Christ is the most valuable thing in life to us. And you need to be guarding that. You need to guard your personal relationship with Jesus. Why? Because the devil wants to snatch that away. The devil wants to trip you up. He wants to get you off course. And so you've got to guard your relationship with Jesus. It must become the premier of your life, the most important thing in your thinking, the most important thing that you do daily should be your time with God. And you must guard that. So I've got to ask you, is is that what is most precious to you? Is your walk with Christ precious to you? The promises of his word, the mission that he has for you to accomplish. Now, all of this is worth it all to the Apostle Paul. Why? Because of one confident assurance. And we see this in verse 8. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, is going to award me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. So Paul has looked at his present situation, he's looked at his past accomplishments, and now he looks at his future assurance. And and Paul's image of the Greek athlete is is not finished yet. He, He likens himself to this Greek athlete who, after having won the race, is looking up at the judge's stand, and he's waiting for that crown, that that laurel wreath made of pine. Can you, they trained in those days to run the race so that they could get a pine wreath placed on their head. How many of y'all just took down your real Christmas tree? Y'all have real Christmas trees? Y'all are fakers, aren't you? We've, we've been using real Christmas trees the last few years. Let me tell you what happens to a real Christmas tree after it's spent a month in your house. Those little needles get sharp and they poke you. Y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? (laughs) These athletes would train for a year, sometimes two years, to run the race. And when they won the race, they would wait there at the judge's bench to receive a pine wreath placed on their head. That, That was the crown they had worked for. And you know what? Paul is using that analogy here. He says, I I am waiting to receive my crown. But what crown was it? It was not a crown of royalty he was waiting for. It was a crown of victory. 
He called it a crown of righteousness. Really what it is is the final installment of the complete righteousness that we have by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And it was awarded to him, he says in verse 8, by the righteous judge. The righteous judge. Now that's interesting to me. We know that, that God is truly a righteous judge in the judicial sense. We are going to give an account to him. We are going to stand before the judgment throne of God and we will give an account of our life to this righteous judge. But the word that is used here is also used to describe a different kind of judge, a competition judge, like an umpire or a referee in an athletic event. He is the one who signals the touchdown or calls the runner safe at home or holds up his arms signifying a three-pointer. And he also is the one who recognizes the winner And he is a righteous judge. That means he's perfect. He's never wrong. There is never a reason to call New York for a review. No challenges are necessary because he's the righteous judge. And all of that is going to happen on that day. That's what verse 8 says. I'm I'm going to receive the, the crown of righteousness by a righteous judge on that day. That is on the day when Christ comes back for his church and for the redeemed. And notice that rewards don't come when you die. Why? It's because the impact and influence of your life lives on past your life. So everything is taken into account. And on that day, when Jesus comes back and redeems his church, that's when you're going to be rewarded. And it belongs to all those who long for his appearing. Again, that's what the verse says, for those who long for his appearing. It's something more precious to us than anything else in life. And, and, and that begs me to stop and ask you the question, do you long for his appearing? Is that even ever on your mind? I mean, I don't, I don't want to really make you feel that bad this morning, but, but I would wager to believe that when you got up this morning, that was not the first thing that you thought of. Could this be the day? Is this going to be the day that Jesus comes back you know what it should be honestly it should be on our mind every day Lord is today the day if so if so if today is the day Lord I pray like Paul prayed that I would be ready to finish strong that today I would be pouring my life out as a drink offering I would be pulling up my anchor in this old sinful world that is not really my home, that I would be fighting the good fight. I would be running the race that you have called me to run, staying on the course that you have designed for my life, and I would be guarding the faith, which is the treasure I have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Really, guys, perhaps the best way we can finish this year and begin 2024 is with this commitment.
to start strong, to stay strong, and to finish strong. By always remembering why we're doing it in the first place. And that is for that crown of righteousness. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads this morning, close your eyes, and I really believe that God is speaking to your heart right now about your personal relationship with Him. That there may be someone in this room who's never received God's gift of salvation. Well, I I ask that you come today and, and invite Jesus into your heart. We'll help you do that. It's really as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus is the only one who can save you. And C, confess him as Lord of your life. If you've never done that, I encourage you to come today and and allow us the privilege of of leading you in prayer to the Lord. Could be that you're here today and, and, uh, you know, you've you've struggled in 2023. Life's been tough. It's been hard. You've faced some battles. World's beat you up pretty bad. And you just need help to end 23 and to start 24. That's why God is here. He wants to help you. You you can come today and ask for his help. And he will help you fight the good fight. He will help you as you run your race. And he will help you keep the faith. You just got to come to him. You just got to ask him. Others may just need to come and pray and connect back with God pretty good thing to do at the end of this year I invite you to come and do that however God is leading you the altars are open I encourage you to come Heavenly Father please speak to hearts right now change lives help us to respond in faith to you and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus name amen would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed praise teams are going to sing come and join these who have already come Come and pray at the altar, would you?
for changing everything. Thank you for being in this room. Thank you, dear Lord, for helping us see things as you see things, and thank you for helping us seek you as we should. And I pray, dear Lord, as we end 2023 and start 2024, that we would keep in mind that we need to be fighting the good fight. We need to be running the race that you have called us to run and we need to be treasuring the gospel. Lord, I love you. I love everyone in this room. Lead us, guide us, and use us like never before in 24. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated just for a moment. I want to share just a couple of things with you. If you're a member of Cavanaugh Church, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. If you're a guest, please fill out one of those guest cards, the connect cards. Take them out these doors to the connect counter. We have a gift for you. We Worship schedules are ready to be picked up. Thank you for signing up for We Worship 2024. Uh, those schedules are available over on the We Worship counter across the lobby out of these doors. Please pick yours up. It would be greatly appreciated. Pray for a few families in our church who have experienced loss over the holidays. Darla Gordon lost her dad. Johnny and Melba Cockrell of the first service lost their daughter, and then we lost a precious lady in our church, Ruth Ann Brown. Her funeral is going to be at 2 o'clock on Thursday at Lewis Funeral Chapel, so please pray for her family. And let's pray for each other. Amen? Amen? Amen. He's not in this service. He was in the first service, but you, many of y'all know him. Oh, brother, Harold Melton turns 90 tomorrow. So. Frank, call him about 10.30 tonight and tell him happy birthday. I know, I know he'd appreciate it. I love you very much. Hope you have a great new year. We'll see you Wednesday night. You're dismissed.